Coming up this month on the Soundrider Show, we've got an interview with Eric Folkstead from the Pendleton Bike Week. It's hot, so we've got a lot of hot weather riding tips, and there's plenty of rallies coming your way in the calendar. Support for the Soundrider Show is provided in part by Adventure Motorsports, Stomish County's largest selection of Yamaha and Suzuki motorcycles, ATVs, quads, and UTVs are available in Monroe at Adventure Motorsports. Celebrating a decade of top-rated sales, service, parts, and accessory support, hit the road and visit Adventure Motorsports today. This is Jose Mateu with Skagit Power Sports. Welcome to the Soundrider Show. Eric folks said, I'm away from the phone at the moment, so leave a detailed message and I'll call you back as soon as I can. Thank you. Hey, Eric, it's Tom and Derek calling in to do your interview, so give us a call back. And now live from the Crow's Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, join us for the latest episode of the Sound Writer Show. A candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now, here are your hosts, Tom Marin, Derek Roberts, and whoever else happens to drop by today. Welcome to the Sound Rider Show as we roll into the July episode. And I don't know about you, Tom, but today I'm out there and I'm thinking about how proud I am to be a motorcycle rider. And I think I'm going to call this episode... The episode of Pride in Motorcycling. What do you think of that? Uh, yeah, I think you're talking about where you live down near Belltown is what I think you're talking about. Well, they about. were celebrating something, but I know what we're celebrating here on the Sound Rider Show, <laughs> and that is the love of motorcycle riding. What have you been up to lately? What's, uh, where have you been riding the last month? Uh, what's been going on in the world, in your world of motorcycling? Uh, let's see. Since the last show, um, I went down to the Gorge to work on pre-riding for the uh, rally in the Gorge. Coming up fast, next month. And so I was together with uh, our friend Norm. Cool. And, uh, oh, and it happened to be the Black Dog Dual Sport event was going on at the same time. So we uh, we camped at the fairground and uh, watched that go. Um, Norm was signed up for the Black Dog. I wasn't. Right. And uh, kind of interesting, you know, the, uh, it's a little different schedule from sure. other rallies. Uh, 6 a.m. registration. Woo! Uh, 7 a.m. was when you got your GPS download. And uh, 8 p.m. I'm sorry, did I say 7 p.m.? You said 7 p.m., yeah, 7 a.m. I'm sure I think we assumed that, yeah. Yeah, you had to wait 11 hours to get your... That's you right, know. yeah. <laughs> Much different pace than other rallies. <laughs> 13, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, let's see, and then uh, and then 8 a.m. was the writer's meeting. Right. And then you could leave like at 8.45. Okay. And the last rider out was 9.30. And did they have a bedtime for you, too, or was that... Optional. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't, but um, but I mean, that's but a- it was also interesting because you know, at our rally, when you when you pull in, if you've already registered, you've right. got your wristband on and you get your wristband checked as you pull in, yep. right? This one's the exact opposite. You can't leave the fairground without a wristband. So does that mean you have to pay on the way out if you come in? And you're not registered, or you're? Uh, I don't know. They tried to stop me, but I wouldn't stop. Oh, so right. I went ahead and went past the 
the guards or whatever because I didn't have a wristband. And anyways, I wasn't even doing the event. So, I was out there working on pre-riding stuff for so the Ferrari. So if we see your face on a wanted poster at some of the post yeah, offices. Yeah, might be. Yeah, right. Might be. I don't want to cause a ruckus or anything. but We uh, don't need that. I'm leaving the, the fairground to go ride on public roads. I, right. I should be able to do that without a wristband. I don't know. Well, I don't know. You know, I guess uh, different strokes for different folks. But that is some beautiful country down there, and uh, you got to hand it to Norm, man. That guy gets out and touches them all, doesn't he? Yeah, he's hitting a lot of rallies. Uh, I, I, recently, he was up at the Tour Tech rally, so he's giving me all the info on what's going on with that. That's good. Um, let's see. And then, so while we were down there, um, we did some pre-riding, and I, you know, I say this every year, and I feel like a a broken record after a while, but no matter how many years I do this rally, I always end up riding somewhere new. It's unbelievable the the volume of roads down there. I mean, it really is just it's a motorcyclist paradise. Yeah, so I've got uh, I got new roads for everybody when they come this year. Fantastic, and uh, still putting together what the fun run's going to be. But I got I got a bunch of different ideas. That's why I just can't decide on the one that it's going to be. Great, but. Uh, and then we've got a road we're watching that is uh, still a dirt road, but it's all graded out, and we're wondering if it's going to get pavement before the rally. Um, it's a it's a really nice road. They've actually built a beautiful overlook up on top of it that wow. looks out over Mount Adams and down into the uh, Convoy Great Wildlife Refuge. So uh, that's going to be an extra something special, either if you're a dual sport guy this year and maybe next year for the for the road guys. Right. So the pavement's going to happen either way, though, it sounds like, at some yeah, point. Yeah, they've widened it out and put the culverts in and the whole shot. It's just uh, I don't know if they ran out of money on it or what, but uh, I'm going to call down and find out what's going on. Now, in general, for this uh, particular road, do you find yourself to be pro or con on the paving? Do you feel like it was better served, from the motorcyclist perspective, do you feel like it was better served? as a dirt road or better served as a paved road? I've enjoyed it both ways. Okay. Um, so they've paved some of this road all the way up to uh, the reservation line, and uh, and the paving they did was stunning. Okay. So now that they're going to connect it to the other end of the pavement, um, it's going to make for a really great road cool. ride. And it was a fun little dual sport ride, but yeah. we've got other roads off it that, that are uh, still – and they're not going to get paved. Um that are going to be, you know, things that we'll use. We've used them in the past, and we'll use them again. Well, there's there's plenty to choose from down there. You're absolutely so right about that. So many miles of pavement and so many miles of dirt roads down there. It's amazing. Great curves, great views, great dirt. I mean, what else could you ask for? Yes. I, I'm excited to go down there in, uh, in August. Three tasty volcanoes makes for quite a, 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 a viewing. Yeah. An inspiring It's spectacular. Ride. You can't, I mean, it really is, you know, just in general in the Pacific Northwest, sometimes you have to remind yourself if you've lived here for a while how lucky we are. In fact, we have one ride that's new this year where at one point during the ride, you can see every mountaintop all the way from Mount Bachelor up to Mount Baker. Wow. How did they do that? I don't know. That's it's a shocking vantage point. You got to pull your bike over. We'll have it written in the notes. I was going to say, yeah, point. make a note to bring your camera. It, sounds it like. is shocking. You, know, you can't even take. You know, right, you're talking about a easily a hundred and a hundred and eighty degree 
image right. if you were going to try to take a picture. So you got to do your panoramic stitching to get the shot. Well, or maybe just uh, say to hell with it and just bring uh, a snack and just sit back and enjoy it for a half hour. Huh? That's right. Yeah. And then come back next year and go on the same ride. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what else have I been doing? I went to the Greenwood Car Show. So that's just outside of downtown Seattle here. And that's been – how long have they been doing that now? I don't know how many years. I know time. that I've been going to it for 17 years, right. and I remember 17 years ago when I went to it, it ran from 75th to 85th, Okay, and now it runs from 67th all the way up to 90th. And it's, it's just big. packed with cars. But I was a little disappointed because there was about five motorcycles in the show. Well, because there was some talk at one point where they were going to try to make that sort of a bigger presence. Is that right? There was somebody who was interested in putting a motorcycle show next to it, yeah. but that person didn't have his stuff together. I got you. Well, it's a little unfortunate, but I mean, it's still cool to get out there and see you know, some of the classic cars. And I mean, that's, that's massive. You said 67th to what, 105th? No, to 90th. To 90th, oh, okay. But, you know, I, and I bring up car show because most people who ride motorcycles are gearheads yeah. and they like car shows. And I always think that when you're looking for a place to ride, a destination to go ride, you should always be taking a look at what kind of car shows are going on. I like that, where, yeah. Where. I know sometimes we put them in our calendar. So uh, that's uh, you know that's a good way to come up with a good destination for a ride. It is, and we talk a lot about uh, you know riding to aviation museums and motorcycle museums and car museums. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's all part of the fun, really. You know, and sometimes it's it's kind of nice to have a short destination ride too. You know, you find yourself getting a little overambitious some weekends and thinking, hey, I'm going to ride from Seattle out to uh, you know Boise and back. But you know, sometimes just a nice little hour ride is what will do the trick. Hey, now, hang on. I'm going to go over here and turn this fan on. All right. Kill for time here. Whereas we roll into some really hot weather, too, man. I mean, you know, that's kind of a good segue as we hit this fan on because we've talked about it in spots over the years, but we've never really, you know, sort of dove into hot weather tips. And as a guy who's been touring the Pacific Northwest, Particularly, we talk about the high desert areas. Anywhere, and, uh, anywhere. That's you're absolutely anywhere right. In the world. You're absolutely right. But you know, we see a lot of 100 degree temperatures in some of these high desert areas, mm-hmm. and we've never fully talked about you know really hot weather tips. So I'd be interested to get your take on that. I want to talk about this a little bit because there's another show that's a motorcycle podcast that had a guest person on who was a writer, not a not a health. Uh, Expert. So they were speaking anecdotally. In who effect. sort of gave out some information that I that I know apparently more about mm. the health issues with you know having a good ride when it's hot than this person does. And I wanted you know if if you know the show I'm talking about, take heed to what I'm saying. But even if you don't, you're going to learn a little something here. Uh, one of the things that the guy brought up was how much fluid you should drink, and uh, he was saying, "Oh, you got to stay hydrated, stay hydrated, stay hydrated." And uh, and then they they pressed him. They said, "Well, how much?" And he said, "One and a half liters per hour when it's over ninety eight degrees." Now I don't know if he's talking to the guy that's three hundred pounds or the <laughs> the, the hundred twenty five pound woman. But I tell you what, that's you're talking forty eight ounces of water an right. hour. That's that's quite. Overkill. It seems like a. It seems like it might be a bit much. But what would be your suggestion then? That would be my question. Well, my suggestion is is less than that. And my suggestion is get online and look at the different calculations that you can make. There's different calculators out there that where you put in your weight 
and then you you put in what you know what how warm it is that day, and it'll tell you how much to put in. And here's why it's important: you don't want to over drink. Mm-hmm. Okay, when you drink fluid, uh, what you're going to do eventually is pee it out. Right. Even if you're, or, or you're going to sweat it out. Um, and he was talking about, well, make sure you have sugar and salt. Well, that's that's not correct because sugar is a diuretic. It's going to make you pee more. Right. Salt, yes, you're going to need some, but there's three other things you need, and that's magnesium, potassium, and sodium chloride. Sure. So what, basically what we're talking about here is electrolytes. Right. You need electrolytes in your liquid. You can either get that through some foods that you eat that day, or you can buy an electrolyte substitute. But if you don't add electrolytes to your liquid and you drink a lot, you're going to pee out the electrolytes you have. Right. Now, that's big trouble because your organs need electrolytes to function. So if – and we know this, unfortunately, because we have a friend who – Drank about a liter to a liter and a half every hour, and by the time he got back to Seattle from the gorge, he had to go to the hospital. He had to park his bike somewhere down in the Rainier area and go to the hospital. And once they got done testing him at the hospital, they found out that he did permanent uh, damage to his kidney. Uh, One other organ, I don't recall what it was, and then some brain damage. Right. And um, that's not what you want to do. So you got to be careful when you're listening to other people giving out advice. Do a little more homework. Spend some time on the Internet in good places like the medical-type websites. Yes, yeah. WebMD and those things that that are written by doctors and health experts, not by some hearsay from a guy who rides a motorcycle – a lot. Right. Well, I think that's great advice, you know, because you're you're absolutely right. Hydration is part of it and no one is saying don't drink water or you know, drink a very small amount of water, but you have to incorporate some other nutrients into that. One of the things that I find works for me is reminding myself not just to stay hydrated, but also to stop and snack too. So whether mm-hmm. you have like some almonds or, you know, even stop into an air conditioned place and grab a burger, try to get in some more complete nutrient profiles into that hydration regimen and usually you feel pretty good yeah yeah you want to be careful about not taking in caffeine yeah because again that because will make that's you urinate. a diuretic yeah. as well if you eat chocolate now you've got the sugar and the caffeine right so that's probably not you know i love to eat um you know real 70 percent type chocolate yeah when i'm out riding but uh no 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 a hot day, come up with some other things that are going to put some more electrolytes back in your system. Yeah, and it won't melt all over your gear, because especially <laughs> on, a, on a day like today where we're pushing 90, and we hope to see a lot of warm days moving ahead, certainly in July, uh, that's uh, something that uh, I have experience with, and I don't want to deal with any melted chocolate at the end of the day. Now, there's a fallacy that um, if you wear mesh clothing, you're going to be cooler. And that fallacy comes into play when the outdoor temperature goes up to 98.6 or thereabouts. Right. Uh, because once you start riding at, say, 100, 100 plus, you're hitting a wall of air that's 100 degrees. Yep. That's not doing you any good. So you do need to I, – I don't even own a piece of mesh gear. Uh, but the gear that I do own, I have some vents in it. I want to get some air circulating in my body, but not so much that I'm drying out my sweat faster than I can create it. Right. So I want to be wet in there. 
And that way, when the water's on your skin, you're able to release the heat out of your body. It has no way to get out otherwise. So an evaporative cooling vest would be one way That's to accomplish great way this, to right? Yep. Wet T-shirt. Yep. Whatever you do. And, and just sweating is a good thing. Yes. As long as you've got some air moving over. Well, because that means your body's working too, right? So, I mean, that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to sweat. So that's a, that's usually a good sign. Um, a wet T-shirt, you're absolutely right about that. That's a good one. And some, Trouble with a wet T-shirt at 100 degrees is you're not going to get more than maybe 20 minutes out of it. You're probably not, right? And, yeah. and you shouldn't really, you know, I don't know, maybe you shouldn't be riding in a cotton T-shirt anyway when it's 100 degrees, right? No, that's not. Yeah, that's a problem because that, cotton, it'll stay wet longer, but it'll insulate you and, right. and keep the heat in. So it's not really as effective as a heat-wicking synthetic shirt. Um my my attire would be a heat wicking synthetic shirt underneath a cooling vest, right? And I'd be soaking wet. And as I ride, I got a smile on my face. Yeah, that's what I like. And you know, sometimes even just on not a hundred degree day, but a slightly warm day, I find like a uh, just something wet around the neck can kind of help bring the temperatures down too. Yeah, it's a band aid. Yeah, it doesn't really help. Well, well, not, that's what I'm saying. Not for over 100 degrees, but if you're on just maybe like a sunny, you know, 75 or 80 degree day, I find that it brings maybe some concentration uh, as opposed to um, trouble with the with the neckband or a head head uh, wrap is you're not actually getting to the core of your body. That's which true. Is where that heat's building up, and that's what you need to be taking care of. So all you're doing is cooling a little bit of the flesh. But the blood that's moving into your brain and around the rest of your body isn't getting cooled off by that nick bound. Right. Well, that's why I sit on an ice pack too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, but that's a great. Uh, those are some great <laughs> tips. And if, as always, you know, we've mentioned this here before, but uh, the perhaps the biggest myth of all is that if you're riding in shorts and t-shirt, you're going to be cooler, Ooh. and that's just uh, not a good idea. Ooh, yeah, shorts and a t-shirt. Right. Or flip flops. I've seen that quite a few times in my uh, in my yep. day, and I always uh, can't help but shake my head at that. I wouldn't be caught dead in flip-flops on a motorcycle, I don't think. But, you know, different strokes for different folks, right? You could be dead sooner. Right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, so other things that come to mind that I think are important to talk about this month is uh, rally to-dos. There's so many rallies going on. We're going to be talking with uh, Eric Folkstead shortly here about his Pendleton Bike Week. We've got our rally coming up. Uh, there's a rally up in Wenatchee coming up. Yeah. Uh, and so... What? How do you make the most out of a rally? Do you just show up or what? You know, those are great, uh, great questions. And I would say at least a week in advance, for me anyway, I want to start my preparation, whether that's the packing or sort of the, you know, what's the departure time? Because there's nothing worse than making a rushed exit. You know, not sure if you have everything. You get out late and then you're feeling like you have to rush to that first campground. You're setting up in the dark. So pre-planning is super important. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to get on the website of the rally and yeah. read through it, especially like the schedule page. Yep. Get a little bit of that up in your brain and then even on your phone, save that website address so you can access it anytime before or during the rally. You don't have to get the program that somebody might or might not give you. Right. You come to the Rally Gorge, I'm going to give you a program. It's on your phone. It's all digital. And, you know, also, too, when you go to these rallies, I think, uh, for me, another thing is to keep in mind that you don't have to do it all. So you can no. you can pick out some highlights because chances are, you know, you'll be able to go back year after year, but you want to have a good time. So you don't need to feel like, hey, we got to get up at 6 a.m. and we got to cover 500 miles. If that's your thing, that's fine. But if you want to pick one or two rides a day, even one, or if you want to take a day off, 
feel free to plan for that. Yeah. I have you people do. who come to Rally in the Gorge year after year, and it's a different event for them every year because yeah. they want to go get one or two things that they didn't get the year before, or we got something that's new or right. whatever. So. Uh, you know, you don't have to go to the rally once to get the experience of it. You probably can't. Right. So uh, another another important thing to do is well before a week. I'd 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 do it right now if you're going to a rally sometime this summer. Is I go out and check those tires. Yep. See what that tread depth is. Figure out when you're going to need new tires. Definitely um, important to make sure that the bike is in functioning condition because a lot of times you are going to ride a distance away from home to these mm-hmm. rallies. So you want to. You, you don't want to change oil at the no. rally, do you? Come no. on, get that oil changed if you need to get it changed ahead yeah. of time. You got 500 miles left on that. Go ahead, just do it now. Definitely, yeah. Spend the extra couple of bucks and be prepared for it. But I mean, there's, you're right. There are so many events, especially in the Pacific Northwest this time of year. I mean, really, it just comes down to do a little pre-planning, right? If you're going to go out yeah. and do it, you know, get the bike ready, get yourself mentally ready, review the website, review the schedules, see what's out there, and then go out and have some fun because that's really why we do it is to have fun. And you were talking about packing ahead of time. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can't remember everything that's on my packing list. So sure. if you don't have a packing list, you might as well just start one up right now and just keep adding to it all the way up until you get ready to leave. Make sure you got everything you need. That's right. And then maybe document that in a Word document or something because I guarantee you, you will not remember all that stuff you wrote down next year when you go to the rally. And also it helps to remember the packing order because when you return on your last day out, oftentimes uh, you'll find yourself – trying to smush gear into your panniers or into your backpack and you're not taking the time to do it. But it's nice to have everything kind of organized and fit, fitting where it should fit so that you're not uh, on the road if you need to reach some tools or you need to reach some snacks. You're not pulling everything out at rest stops and that kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah. you know, order matters. And what are you going to do if you decide to buy a helmet or a new jacket or something at the rally? How are you going to put it on board or how are you going to ship it? you got to think about that ahead That's of right. time too. Yep. So. Rock straps. You can, Rock get any, straps. you can get anything on there, right? I like those little backpacks we sell, too, those Sea to Summit day packs. Yeah, those, those are, are good handy. for sure. Absolutely. So, all right, enough of us. Well, no, you get more of us right. in a minute. But uh, let's take a little break, and then when we come back, we're going to have some news bites. On the Sound Rider Show. Support for the Sound Rider Show is provided in part by... The Rally in the Gorge. Are you ready to go beyond the main roads? Since 2003, the Rally in the Gorge has introduced riders intimately to the awesome secondary and tertiary roads in the Columbia River Gorge National Scenic Area. With programs for dual sport, adventure, sport touring, and sport bike enthusiasts, this is the rally you'll want to return to again and again. For more information, visit soundrider.com slash rally. Hi guys, this is Bill from Revit. You're listening to the Sound Rider Show. show and um normally we'd be at the news bike section of the show but what i'm going to do is uh strangely enough there isn't really a whole lot of news that's true so uh what we're going to do is cover the news bites topics and then we'll get there's a big calendar so we're going to cover uh the front end of the calendar and then we'll take a break 
and come back and do this, the calendar in the next section too. So. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. And you know, I think this is probably indicative of the time of year. We've got all these events, not a lot of news items because everybody's out riding. They're not sitting uh, behind their keyboards reporting on events. Yeah, which I guess is good because that way you have more time to ride and you don't have to listen to us. Right. And well, I don't know, there's lots of people who listen to the show like four or five times in a single month. Right? Well, we should be set up on your Bluetooth helmet. You should be listening to yeah. us while you're ro- rolling down the road uh, roadway there. But you know, we talked in the uh, intro segment about some pre-trip rally to-dos, and we talked a little bit about tires, but let's get into that for News Bites, because we've got one that's very local to Sound Rider into the Rally in the Gorge. So we got a note from our friend Don at All Moto Tire, who has been doing tires at our rally all the way back to probably 2004 or yep. five. Uh, I think he's been to almost every rally. He's a fixture for sure. So uh, so he does tires at our rally, and he sent us a note and said, hey, look, I'm going to Alaska in July, so I need everybody to get their pre-orders in for tires for the rally in the Gorge. So, you know, how do you know? How do you figure it out? Well, you can kind of figure out most bikes on the rear tire – they burn about a 30-second of rubber every 500 miles. Okay. So if you have, say, four 30-seconds of rubber on your tire, on the rear, the front gets double that, typically. Right. It's just an average I'm throwing out. Sure. Um, and so then the, the on the rear, if you've got four 30-seconds, that means you've got about 1,000 miles of range before you're going to need to toast that tire. Okay. And so because you don't want to take a tire down below 230 seconds because it can't wick water. So if you get in a rainstorm, uh, basically it's like you're on your rain slicks. Yeah, you can start hydroplaning. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So so you can go out and use a, a tread depth gauge and see where that uh, tread wear is at. Kind of estimate how many miles you think you'll do between now and the end of August. And if you think you need some tires at the rally, just call Don and order them up. He'll have them there waiting for you. But you got to do it now. I can't take them later. So now is he going to be riding in Alaska? Do you know? Did you get into that? Yes, he he's going to do a ride up to Alaska. Well, then you can't fault the man for spending uh, July in Alaska, right? I mean, it's, that'd be the right time to go. Yeah, I would think so. It beats the, the February. bears are warmer than right? you know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll see uh, Don down there like we always do. But, uh, you know, to get back to some other news items here, it's that time of year, right? Some thefts are starting to pop up all over Washington and in particular in Spokane. A lot of motorcycle thefts in Spokane. Yep. Kind of hit our news wire and uh, mostly sport bikes. Yep. Uh, Appears a group of people who know what they're doing, so they're targeting bikes. So uh, lock them up. That's it. Time to lock them up, no yeah. matter where you live. Yeah, I mean, I think that's always good advice, right? I mean, you get a simple uh, disc brake lock or uh, a chain or something and just uh, make sure that you're taking care of it or shut it in the garage at night. I get the big, fat cables. There you go. Yeah, that's always a good thing. And it's that, the good thing about the cables, too, is you can run them through your helmets and that kind of stuff and your jackets and yeah. you know hook them up to your bikes so and you don't have to lug them around. a couple table, cables and string all your bikes together. There you go. <laughs> Turn them into a big chain. That that worked really good for me one day. You know, I had a bunch of cables all connected together between all the bikes. So when I forgot to take the cable off of the bike that I was going to ride, uh, next thing I know, the other three bikes behind me fell down too. So I had four motorcycles taking a nap in my garage. Well, I think that that is a bonus tip and trick here in the news bike segment, <laughs> which is don't leave your bikes chained together if uh, you're going to use that as a security purpose. It's, or it's a probably security equivalent tool. to leaving your disc lock on. I don't. Yeah, know. right. Try to avoid that at all Oops. costs. 
Um, well, if you are uh, going to buy several bikes and you are looking for some best buys, uh, Popular Mechanics just came out with kind of an interesting list. What was your take on that? I thought it was a good read. Um, yeah. And the listeners can go and, and uh, search up Popular Mechanics, uh, 12 Best Motorcycle Buys. It's an interesting collection of bikes. They they raved about the Rebel 300 and 500. I saw that, yeah. Uh, they had the Yamaha Scrambler in there. They had a, a Road Glide or Road King that was 19000 Okay, a little steep for me, but... Yeah, I, I know, but it's just hard to find one that's below <laughs> 25000 yeah. now. Must have been a scratch and dent sale. Who knows, right? That's the best buy. Um, so it was an interesting collection, and anybody who's thinking about buying a new bike, go ahead and uh, and and have a look. I can't I can't tell you if the guy who wrote that is actually a rider himself or not. That's yeah. always something you got to wonder. But um, what would be your best buy your for your new bikes right now that are coming out? What would be your number one pick? If I was what a new rider, or I'm looking to add a bike, just or? in general, you know, if someone was were to say, "Hey, I'm looking for a new bike," you would say, "I think you should consider this." Uh, I can't. I can't answer Too that general? question broadly like that. Okay, it's, it's got to be more for what the rider needs. If a guy tells me he wants to go dual sport riding, and I tell him to buy the new FZ07, that's not going to do him any good. Well, I, it, I think it's, I think it's a cool bike. I think it looks great. I think the Versus 650 LT is a really that'd be a dynamite good one. bike. Yeah, but if that's if the guy's not looking for a sport tour bike, then that's not. It's going to be the bike for it. I understand your perspective there, but let me maybe ask it here in a different way. What's the best value out there right now? Mm, for a new bike, yep. Uh, you talk about economically, yeah. Just or if it's you know significantly underpriced, like there's a few years ago where the uh, the NC seven hundred, right? That was a great value. Was a great value. That was a dollar. That was ten dollars per cc. Right. It was under that. There mark. you go. Yep. So there's not a lot of bikes out there like that. Right. So is there anything that comes to mind where you think, uh, hey, this is a a great value bike? Maybe the uh, the Yamaha five hundred. Uh, what is it? I can't remember the prefix on it. Okay. It's the it's the dual sport five hundred that they have that looks like the NC seven hundred X, but it's not called an NC five hundred X. Yamaha for five. No, no, Honda. Honda. Okay. Yeah. You said Yamaha. Yeah. That threw me off there. The Honda. So that's the one that uh, down with. Uh, well, now we're pulling for lots of names here, but um, for Giant Loop. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. The one that a, Giant Loop does all the modifications right, for. Right, that's the CB500. No. Yeah, I think it is a CB500X. CB500X, yeah. okay. So that's yeah. that's a good buy. Yeah, that is. Good buy. I think that's a great pick. And uh, the uh, the Rebels are probably a good buy, but you're not going to get them at $10 a CC. Right. But, yeah, but, but, but you're going to get you're going to get resale value if you're starting out and yeah. you want, you know, the 300 or the 500 and then you decide, well, I'm ready to get rid of that now and get something else, you get a good retail resale on. Yeah, you know, I'm very interested in the Honda the CRF250L. That they kind of put the windscreen on and that kind of thing. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to get on uh, one of those and test ride it to see what kind of merit it has on the highway because I'm sure it's it's great off road because it's nice and light. Yeah, it's got inverted forks too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I'm interested to see you know if that uh, can hold 75 for 60 miles. It's or... like a CR 
250L or CRF 250L rally, isn't it? Yes. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah, the one. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. That's a cool bike. I think that might be something interesting. But you're going to pay about 20 bucks a CC on that. Yeah. Well, or you, more. You'd have it for a long time, though, right? Assuming yeah. It holds up. So uh, I think that's a great one. Um, so those are some, some interesting bikes in that article, again, from Popular Mechanics. They talked about the Van Van. Maybe, oh, yeah. maybe you could say the Van Van was a value bike. But uh, I just don't. I don't, I don't know, know if I'd consider that a best buy. I, I, though, a right? two, I don't think a two hundred cc motorcycle is a value bike. No, I mean unless you're going to strap that to the back of your RV. Yeah, if you just want to go hunting in, yeah. in November or October, I guess so. But. Even still, I think there's a lot better picks that you could choose for that. Yeah. Get the old uh, Honda. What's the Honda one hundreds? Right, With the high and the low speed back in the day. <laughs> the, tra- the Honda Trail 110s. Yeah, 110 that's trails. the one where yeah. you where you upshifted with or downshifted with your heel. Yep. Yeah, that's it. So that yeah. would be my uh, hunting bike of choice. But uh, you know, to get uh, continue in sort of this global news trend here, Harley Davidson. We joked about this a little bit we on the last episode. We did, yeah. One. But they are now uh, officially uh, going to be one of the companies that are in talks to buy Ducati. What do you think about this? So this came across the wire on Reuters. Yeah, I saw that, yep. So that's not fake news. No. There was you know, discussion about it. Yeah. Um, I, no one's made an official announcement. But uh, I did hear the other day where BM or uh, Volkswagen is, is you know getting – like they got out of – a racing program they were in mm. because they they need to <laughs> tighten their belt. Yeah. So yeah. So if Harley bought Ducati, well, I think it'd be Aramaki all over again. You think so, huh? Yeah. I mean, they don't have the low CC bikes like Aramaki had, but I can't. Okay. So when we saw Harley Davidson come out with Buell. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the dealers rejected that. Didn't want sport bikes on their showroom floor. Right. wasn't wasn't where their customers' minds were at, and so that was a big negative. And I think the big mistake that Harley made at that time was it never let Buells be sold outside of a Harley Davidson dealership, and that's what I think they should have done. So obviously, if they buy a Ducati, there's already OEMs set up that are separate from Harley Davidson shops, right? And they should keep it that way. And I mean, we would assume that pretty much everything, at least in the foreseeable future, would stay separate. I mean, branding, I design, so. right? There wouldn't be too much integration. I uh, would hope not. I mean, I, and like, is there any part of a Ducati that you think should be incorporated into a Harley, or vice versa? Well, I wouldn't. Not off the top of my head. That's why I say we probably <laughs> won't see that initially. But I do wonder. You know, maybe a few years down the line, if this transaction were to go through, you know, I mean, would we see some exchanges of engines? Would we see some components that start to, uh, you know, cross brand there? It would be because, I mean, you have to at some point consolidate the engineering. I think it would be the last model year for the Diavel. Yeah, right. Because I know when uh, Piaggio bought Aprilia, Mm -hmm. uh, goodbye Aprilia scooters. That was over. Now yeah. you can only get sport bikes and touring bikes and that sort of thing from Proya. But they had a big scooter business going on. Yeah. And it Very just popular. went away real quick. So I don't know. It's it's interesting to see how this will shake out. I mean, uh, they, they're going to be up against some competition, though. You know, there are a couple other companies that are putting together bids to mm-hmm. uh, take it over. So And whoever gets it, we're, we're, we're not in the best shape economically in this industry right now and we're certainly not going to be in the best shape if the rest of the economy goes down so yeah i mean and you talk about the the price tag for each of those brands is not exactly consumer friendly no right no but maybe that's again why they're getting into it so they can just get into the finance business 
you'll see 10-year financing on these motorcycles at 8%, right? They they like to be in that business. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So. So, uh, okay, so you got some information about the Polaris Slingshot. Gun. Yeah, so if you're not familiar with that, just to kind of give you a quick rundown, that's the sort of three-wheel, half-car, half-motorcycle. I believe they have call it an auto-cycle. And uh, Oregon has just been one of three new states that uh, have decided – you only need a driver's license to uh, operate one of these on the roadway. You no longer need a motorcycle endorsement, and I thought that was kind of interesting. I think it's reasonable. It seems like it, right? Yeah, I bet. I wonder. We didn't. We don't know. We need to go back and look at the article. Uh, you have to wear a helmet with it. I still don't know the answer to that. Yeah, because it doesn't have an enclosed roll cage. It does not. But if you have, I mean, I'd, what's the back of the seat look like? Is there a little uh, a little bridge there? Yeah, like there's a some little, little rebar back there. Right. <laughs> you know these uh, these sorts of vehicles. They always puzzle me a little bit. What are your takes on it? Because I like I see it and I think, oh, this is neat. But I can never imagine like uh, going out and actively using that day after day. Like if it was in my garage for a week, it'd be a lot of fun. And then in week two, I'd be like, "What did I just spend twenty thousand dollars on?" Yeah, I hear you on that. So no, and you know, um, I mean, it's got a steering wheel. Yeah, it's got a stick shift. It, you Five operate speed, it like yeah. a car. It's got side by side seating. Right. So uh, and it's just a perfect car for the Pacific Northwest <laughs> three months out of the year. So. It's got to be bigger than a Miata, right? <laughs> like, really? Be. I think it's it is. It's probably bigger than a smart car. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. I mean, I would say definitely bigger than a smart car, and I think maybe even bigger than a Miata. So, I don't know. Hey, I mean, to each their own. It is, it's a cool design. I don't know about the practicality of it, but if you're in Oregon, now you join, uh, I think, uh, 32 other states where you only need a driver's license to operate it. So, Godspeed. And then that's going to be crazy because then, like, you're going to have to have the list and keep it updated so that if you like to, you know, travel around state to state to state, right? Uh, I just get a motorcycle. Yeah, endorsement, you know, <laughs> that's true. I th- I hadn't thought about that, but I guess I don't know. Maybe these aren't really road trip vehicles. Oh, I think so. You think so? Yeah. Or do they have luggage storage and that kind of stuff? Or are you better off on a Can Am? Rock straps. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Right to the front. I'll put mine right next to my uh, Polaris uh, cattle skull with the big horns that I'm going to mount on the front. So oh. there you go. Okay. Um, let's touch a little bit on the calendar, and then we'll take a break and come back and do the rest of it. Uh, track days. So many track days that we're not going to tell you about every one of them. But basically every weekend this month, you've got a track day you can go out to. Um, lots of them are on well, some are on weekdays and some are on weekends. Right. So look at our calendar online. Just go to soundwriter.com and click on calendar. And then you can sort through what all those track days are that are going on this month. There are plenty out there. Another one we're not going to go into great detail on is uh, flat track racing every weekend, whether yep. it's Pemberton or Pendleton. Any town that starts with a P, they probably have some uh, Portland, flat track racing. right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's got to be something out there. But there again, uh, get online, see where all the flat track races are, and definitely, it's always fun to watch. I think the bigger the track, yeah. the better. But um, okay, on a uh, couple events going on the weekend of July sixth through the ninth, uh, you could go to Wenatchee and do the Pacific Northwest Bike Fest and Expo. 
Uh, it's the first year for this event, so I don't, I can't really tell you what to expect. Uh, there is some information on the website, but uh, it's hard to find the dates on the website. Well, I guess uh, if you're feeling adventurous, though, go and check it out. Right, another event in uh, just in Wenatchee. So, and it looks like it's mostly a cruiser type of thing. Okay. Looks like there's like bike builders and that sort of thing. Well, there. more and more though, these are becoming more uh, inclusive events. And if you're in the Wenatchee area, you can find some good stuff if you're a dual sporter or sport touring bike. Uh, Take rider. your water with you, right? <laughs> uh, and if you're a scooter guy yeah. and you have one of those Italian ones, then uh, we've uh, Seattle is hosting the Amera Vespa again this year. It's not every year, but I think it's like about every four or five years they do. Do they do it sort of semi-annually like that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it moves around, but I've, I was up here maybe, I don't know, five, six years ago. Okay. So uh, so it's always, you know, we always have our, our Vespa rally here uh, the weekend of or following the 4th of July. Right. Which, uh, that's, you know, it's crazy scooter stuff going on for sure. That's a fun time though, right? I mean, you get yeah. out there on your scooter. People so a good time. Uh, what else we got? We got uh, an angel ride for Children's Hospice on the 8th. And then uh, I put this one on here. It's in Salt Lake. But the reason I put it on here is because Tom and Connie are going to be there. Right, important. So we will be at the BMW National Rally in Salt Lake on July 12th through the 15th. Now, if you're a SoundRider customer... Or maybe you're you're going to be a first time customer. Yeah. If you need something at the rally, please uh, touch base with us off of email or use social media if you want. But let us know what you need so we're sure to pack it and bring it out there for you. Uh, we're going to have the uh, the easy gauges. Uh, we'll have those there, and we will also have the retrofit kit available. So if you bring us your old uh, your old inline air gauge, right? And you want us to get that chuck off of there and put that locking chuck on? We'll do it for you. If you want to bring us your air pump with a with a brass leaky, snaky, hissy type chuck, we'll cut it, it off and and retrofit it with a locking air chuck. So uh, bring us your bring us your chucks, bring us your gauges. Yeah. So if you need an excuse to uh, ride somewhere to get that fixed, head on down <laughs> yeah. to Salt Lake City. I tell you what, though, I, lo- I love Salt Lake City, and Utah is a great place to ride. So, uh, I mean, you go through a lot of nice country. You can go through Idaho and uh, kind of head on down there past Pocatello. That wouldn't be a too bad ride if you have a few days to kill. Other- bring your water. Bring your- That's going to be hot for sure. But We'll have cooling vests here. There you a go. lot of them. There you go. So, I, it's, it's, I mean, that's going to be a great time, and that's going to be a huge turnout, I would imagine, right? Uh, I usually have about 7,000. Nice. 7,000 riders. So that'll take us up to the 15th. We want to take a uh, quick break, and we'll come back and finish up the calendar here. Sounds good to me. 92.1 Party FM presents Grand Funk Railroad live in concert. Performing one night only, Saturday, July 22nd at 8.30 p.m. Don't miss your chance to see this legendary band perform at the world-famous Happy Canyon Arena in Pendleton, Oregon with hits like... Get your tickets now online at PendletonBikeWeek.com Don't wait. Your Grand Funk Railroad ticket includes admission to the Motorcycle Stunt Show and awesome after parties. Get your tickets at PendletonBikeWeek.com 
Grand Funk Railroad, Saturday, July 22nd at 8.30 p.m. Pendleton Bike Week, powered by Harley-Davidson Motorcycles. Hello, this is Harold Olaf Cecil from Giant Loop, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. Hi, my name is George. I'm from East Wenatchee, Washington. One of my favorite rides is in southeast Oregon, up onto the Steens Mountains and back down. Dashing through the snow here into the second part of the calendar run, and that's a reference to our first item, also on the 15th. Uh, and here, of course, we're on the Sound Rider Show talking calendar items, but it's a Christmas in July toy run that's coming up here. Which I think is a brilliant idea. Absolutely. Because how many times have you seen a toy run, and it's always been in December? It's in December, which isn't ideal uh, temperatures or weather always. Occasionally you get a nice day, but this is a uh, this is a good way to do some good, encourage people to get out and ride and kind of pre-stock some of those toys. And uh, I don't I don't actually have... On our cheat sheet here, I don't have the who, what, where, why, when, and how. So uh, you have to go onto the calendar and find out more, unless you got it over. You know, I do. I've got it here, and uh, it says, New this year is the Christmas in July run. This event is in memory of uh, Addie Jo Clifton, and the Cowlitz County uh, Abate will be collecting, that's A-B-A-T-E, will be collecting toys from our community to donate to children fighting cancer. So that's on the 15th. Okay, so Cowlitz County, that's uh, south of... South of Seattle. Right, so Longview, Washington, right? Yeah, yeah, down yep. there. That's right. Okay, uh, let's see. Then on the also on the 15th is an event called Chicks That Rip. All right. And this is going to be some dual sport, sort of a training camp for people that's going to be held in Idaho. It's for girls, so if you're a guy, forget it. Um, Two days of like, intermediate to advanced riding, though. Yeah. That's cool. And on single track, too. Nice. So uh, you, you're going you're gonna to rip it up. Yeah, I mean, I think that's awesome. And then it's, uh, you know, you do the riding, and then there's some swimming and some paddle boarding. Uh, that'd be a pretty good weekend. I'm, yeah. I mean, we're not invited, but. No, you're not invited. If you are a chick that rips and listens to the Sound Rider Show, you know, head on out there. Uh, and then uh, the big one here over in the Puget Sound is always the children's ride, which raises money for uh, I think it's a Providence. Yeah, it's for it's for the kids hospice program. That's right, and that's at the uh, Emerald <clears throat> Downs uh, from the Emerald Downs to Destination Harley Davidson in Tacoma. So that's happening on Sunday the sixteenth, and also if you're out on the east side in the Walla Walla area, uh, this is the I think it's the fourth annual Cruising for Critters, and it raises money for the uh, local... Yeah, the Whitman County Humane Society. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a poker run, too. So if uh, that's your thing, this is another good opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looks like it's in the the Pullman, Washington area. And you're going to want to get the details on this because there's, yeah. there's stuff about... They want you to bring either like some, some uh, pet food or special supplies that they need out at the facility. So, well, it's great though to see so many organizations trying to do a good thing and uh, have fun. <laughs> uh, 
uh, on mo- you know in regards to motorcycling here. So uh, if you're in that area, head on out and uh, enjoy the ride. I would like to go to that sometime. Unfortunately, I'll be trapped in the element on the way back home that day. But well, maybe but next maybe year. Maybe next huh? year. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then the following week, uh, the 19th through the 23rd, Pendleton Bike Week. Uh, we'll have some details about that shortly here. We're going to have an interview with Eric Folkstead. He's going to tell us to more about it. Yep. Uh, the 20th through the 23rd, same weekend, is the Cascade County Rendezvous. And that is put on by the um, – it's not Cascade County. It's the Cascade Rendezvous, isn't it? Uh, Cascade Country. Country. Yep. Okay. There we go. Damn spell check. Right. Uh, <clears throat> so that's put on by the uh, BMW Riders of Washington State. And this is like their, I don't know, 59th. Well, maybe not the 59th. It's like been going on for a long time, long though. Time. Yeah. Uh, on Saturday, the 22nd. Uh, if you haven't gone to any of these events we told you about so far, uh, get on your dual sport bike and head on over to Skagit Power Sports. They'll have a dual sport ride that day. Uh, on the 29th will be a Moto Vixens track day with Jason Pridmore. Now, I told you I wasn't going to tell you about all the track days. Right. But I did pick this one because we're going to uh, have an article. It may already be up by the time you hear the show. Nice. And uh, Jason Pridmore carries a little cash with him. Uh, of course, his dad, famous racer Reg. Uh, Reg came to our rally in the gorge in 2006. So um, that's something to take a look at getting into. Also on the 29th is the Tacoma Trail Cruiser Poker Run. So if you're looking some, for something that's a little bit more than just uh, wide dirt roads for a poker run, this would be it. It's right. held in the Capitol Forest. And if none of that appeals to you, I love I love the Capitol Forest. Just as a side note, there. It's a, Did you go ride out there? I've been riding out there. Yeah. Oh, good. It's kind of it's you know bring a full day of gasoline because some of the roads aren't marked real well out there. Yeah. But uh, it's nice. It's beautiful. There's a lot of empty uh, empty roads. Good dirt. Mm-hmm. Great place to ride down there. And there's that barbecue joint you like down the hill there. Yeah, that's right. Off uh, I can't, what's the highway there? I can't remember now. Eight. A highway eight. Yep. So if you're out there, you know, you ride around all day, go and get some ribs. I mean, that's a pretty good afternoon. <laughs> break a few ribs, yeah, eat a few break ribs, a few, replace them. Heck? Yeah, you know. <laughs> Uh, okay, and then on the 29th also is uh, Moto International's 25th anniversary demo right. day. And uh, they will have basically every model of Moto Guzzi and Aprilia in the 2017 lineup available for people to demo ride. Yeah, and we talked about that with Dave, of course, uh, on last month's show. But if you have not yet heeded our advice to go see these new these new Moto Guzzi models, this is the time. you got to see these things. They're absolutely gorgeous. Beautiful bikes. Yeah. All the colors, all the styles. I love them. It is. It's great. And, you know, it's a cool little shop, too. I love the, you know, I love the shop down there at Moto International just here on Aurora in Seattle. So get down there on the 29th. It's the 25th anniversary. So um, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to have a, a special interview with uh, Eric Folkstead. It's going to be live from the Columbia River. We'll be right back. Support for Soundwriter and the Soundwriter Show is made possible in part by... 
Skagit Power Sports, where you'll find one of the largest selections of new and used motorcycles, apparel, and gear in the North Sound. Skagit Power Sports provides a relaxed atmosphere and no-pressure sales staff to get you into your next bike simply and quickly. And that's why they are consistently voted the top dealer in the Pacific Northwest by Sound Riders year after year. Visit them in Burlington today or find them online at SkagitPowerSports.com. Hi, this is Rolfie Mogabi from Rockstraps, and you're listening to the Sound Rider Show. Hi, I'm Debbie from Preston. Some of my favorite roads are around Mount St. Helens and around Mount Adams. Welcome back to the Sound Rider Show as we head into the interview portion here. And we got a great one lined up for you. On the line, we've got uh, Eric Folksteed from Pendleton Bike Week down in Oregon. Eric, how you doing? Awesome. Hey, thanks for having me today. I really appreciate it. Well, we appreciate you coming on, and we understand that uh, you're out doing uh, a little sort of alternative uh, adventure touring. It sounds like you're on a boat in the Columbia River today. Yeah, yeah, it's a hot day, and we decided to take the wives out on the boat and, and get close to the water and cool off. Well, it's definitely a, a good day for it and a good uh, time of year for that, but it's also, you know, here as we roll into July, it's a great time of year to uh, get out and hit some bike weeks, and uh, you're put, you've put together a great one down in Oregon. Why don't you take us a little bit through some of the highlights? Tell us uh, what inspired you to put together the Pendleton Bike Week, and uh, then we'll get into some of the uh, activities we can look forward to. Well, I, I think the thing that really inspired us to get Pendleton Bike Week going is that we have um, a real opportunity in the Northwest to share the experience motorcycling for what it's intended to be, and that's to discover these back roads, real America. We have some of the best riding in the world right here at the Pacific Northwest. No question. And there really wasn't uh, a, a an event that kind of captured all that together. We have a lot of one-day runs and so forth, really great uh, events. But we wanted to grow something that would attract people from all over to come to the Pacific Northwest. I think we've done a good job of that. It's our third year in Pendleton, and uh, the, the town is true American uh, western town, very welcoming very understanding of, of the writer mentality, if well, you they, will. They grow their own whiskey, so they're okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they uh, they do know how to party. It's a great party town, very friendly, and uh, also have uh, some great writing. So uh, some of the big things that are happening this year, we did manage to get the factory uh, Harley-Davidson people to come on board, and they're bringing two semi-trucks of all the new models of Harley-Davidson motorcycles to uh, Pendleton, Oregon, for free demo rides. So well, that's, can, a, that's a big thing for us this year. You can only get one Road King into a semi anyways, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's, it's good to be king, right? <laughs> and uh, so we're very excited about that. And so the motor company will be there. Uh, we just signed Lucas Oil as a major sponsor for Pendleton Bike Week. Uh, they signed a three-year deal, so we're going to be around for a while. And we're getting some momentum now on this event for 
very, very pleased about that. I think it's a little windy out there on the Columbia a, River. A little right? bit of wind, yeah, in classic fashion there. Yeah, well, I'm sorry about that. No, not at all. Well, I think uh, I think maybe we figured out the real inspiration there uh, for hosting it in Pendleton. It sounds like it's because it's a great party town and because they grow their own whiskey. So uh, you probably <laughs> probably found yourself there one evening after a long ride and decided, hey, you know what, this would be a hell of a place to hold a rally, right? Yeah, yeah, they have great facilities. This year we, we've got Grand Funk Railroad coming, and uh, still they do 40 shows a year, and they're mostly sellouts, and we're really lucky to have them. Uh, Everybody in the band is healthy? Oh, they're all good. They, the two out of three are original band members, and then they got some younger guys that fill in, and, and they, they do put on a great show. Okay. So. Good. Well, they're a terrific band. I mean, you want to talk about sort of classic Americana rock, man. I'm really looking forward to uh, having the chance to see those guys down there. Just one of the best uh, American rock bands of all time. So that's a that's a huge, huge land, in my opinion. But Well, there you go, Eric. It sounds like Derek's going to right. the Temple to Bike. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we're, we're going to absolutely. We want you guys there for sure. But, you know, that's just fun. that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg, though, really, too. I mean, I know that's the closing event, but there are tons and tons of things planned. I mean, you've got poker runs. You've got, you know, all kinds of veteran support. You've got all kinds of, I mean, just so much going on. What are some of, like, the true highlights that our listeners should know about? Well, of course, uh, you know, we couldn't have a, a motorcycle rally in the Northwest without the Seattle Cossacks. Right. And they're coming. They're going to do four shows. And it's a great location. We we use the parking lot at the convention center for our vendor area, and we do they do their show right in the middle of the vendor area. We've got a great big paved area, so everybody can see it. It's a ton of fun. Uh, so that's that's a real treat to have the Cossacks there. And then we, of course, the Wounded Warrior Bike Show. Uh, we like to support veterans, and uh, that's a charity event. Our bike show is a real big draw. Of course, we have tattoo contests. We've got a pool tournament this year with a $1,000 purse on the pool tournament. So if you can ride a bike and play pool, Pendleton is the place to come. Nice. Uh, Not at the same time, <laughs> I assume. <laughs> but yeah, You, you uh, ride the motorcycle to different pool halls and shoot pool? <laughs> right. No, like it's, all, it's all in the same place. But uh, We do have air conditioning. We have live music. Uh, uh, we did get the uh, Blue Mountain Community College volleyball team to volunteer uh, to do our bike wash. So the gals are going to do the bike wash. It's all for charity. Well, you just got the girls' team, not the guys' team. <laughs> Correct. Yes, it's, it's the ladies, and uh, we're we're happy to support them. But it's it's an all around uh, community supported event. So we're pretty excited and great rides. Of course, the rattlesnake. 400. I wanted to talk about that. That's kind of our cult ride now because it's a 400-mile ride. We don't expect a lot of people to do it, but we do get quite a few. And it uh, basically takes in uh, uh, the area, a lot of the area that Tom Tom had his article in the AMA magazine uh, recently about uh, eastern Washington, Starbuck area, and, and uh, a lot of the beautiful uh, scenery around there, and the Rattlesnake 400 encompasses a lot of that. The Blue Mountains, Rattlesnake Grade, up to Lewiston, uh, over to Starbuck, Washington, to Palouse Falls State Park. Wow! Back down to Kennewick and back to Pendleton. It's 400 miles, and there's no cost to do this ride. And if you complete it and bring your gas receipt, 
we'll give you a free ride pin and put you on our website as a finisher. Nice. Now, that ride. and is this, uh, do you have to do this on any particular day or is this open throughout the weekend? You can do this anytime. A lot of people choose to do it during uh, Pendleton Bike Week, but you can do it any time of the year. Just send us uh, your uh, gas receipts or your proof of completion and then we'll send you the pin. So, uh, I have to ask. A lot of momentum. Nice. I got to ask a question. I always ask this question when there's a track day. So I want to ask you the same question. Can I do it on my scooter? Heck yeah. As, as long as it's got <laughs> two or three wheels, we don't care. You know, it's all about riding. And uh, make sure you take a camera because it's, it's gorgeous. It's a beautiful ride. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you, you can't see it here, but Tom's also signaling me to ask if he can do the bike wash on his scooter, too. So I just want to clear that up. Oh, absolutely. Right. Can I referee <laughs> the, the volleyball team while the bike wash is going on? What was that? I'm, I, I, said, that I said, can I referee the volleyball team while the bike wash oh, yeah. is going on? Yes, yeah, we, we need your help. You can be a volunteer. <laughs> we're going to need that. So we're, we're super excited, and we, we really encourage people to come and visit Pendleton uh, during the night, July 19th through the 23rd. It's, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of self-guided rides. There's one ride on our, uh, one stop, I'm sorry, on our poker run that's especially uh, unique. In the middle of the wheat field in Pendleton, there's the Holton Secret Laboratory. And that is one of the stops on our poker run. The Folsom, I'm sorry, say that Fulton. again. Folsom yeah, Secret Fulton. Laboratory? Holton Secret Laboratory. Holton. And it, it is an amazing place. It's out in Helix, Oregon. And it's a hot rod shop in the middle of nowhere. Wow. And it's one of the biggest in the Northwest. And they, they're a stop on our poker run, and they'll give you a tour of how they make these, you know, 600-horsepower hot rods. It's very fun. Oh, cool. Stop. Cool. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I want to ask you too, Eric, because I know a lot of, uh, we have a lot of listeners who ride a lot of different types of bikes. And sometimes people see, you know, Harley Davidson as a sponsor and they wonder, you know, do I need to be a cruiser guy to come down to this type of event? I know that's not the case, but I'd like you to clear that up for our listeners. Yeah. So we, we do get a lot of E-twin riders, but this, this rally is open to everybody. I ride, you know, a sport touring motorcycle. Uh, we get a lot of, um, dual sport riders there we've we've got a lot of metric riders we it's open to everybody and so we encourage people to not you know get hung up on uh, on the traditional uh norms and to, to come out and and participate and uh in our bike show we have 24 different classes wow of trophies so everybody included I, so, uh, give us an update. It's July now. How are we doing on hotel rooms, RV spaces, and camping spaces? Okay. So, our RV park is sold out. The uh, hotel rooms are pretty much sold out. We do have lots of camping, and that's, that's uh, popular. Uh, Hermiston has a lot of hotel rooms available. I shouldn't say a lot, but plenty of hotel rooms available, and that's only a 35 minutes away to Hermiston. But uh, because we're gaining in popularity, you know, these are the things that people need to be aware of. They have to make yeah. plans. Walla Walla is nearby, and that's a great place to stay in Walla Walla. There are alternatives, you know, to take advantage of. And so 
if you can't find a hotel room in Pendleton, don't give up. There's there's plenty of alternatives. Well, okay. you're right. There are a lot of small towns you can get out to, and that's actually might be part of the joy, right? Give you a nice little forty five to uh, forty five minute to an hour ride every morning to take in some more scenery. Exactly. And now, yeah. I, I, I don't think we've uh, t- had a chance to talk yet. Again, uh, to inform our listeners here, what is the uh, the cost to participate? Okay, so if you just want to show up for the day uh, and enjoy the, the band for the evening, it's 10 bucks. Oh, wow. If you want to take in our pass, we have a bike week pass, which includes all four days and uh, the concert, Grandpunk Railroad concert, that's $85. And then, if you want to be a VIP, and you get you know pretty much everything, uh, you've got uh, that's 125. You get a VIP room, VIP party, you get food, you get all that VIP treatment, front row seats, and that type of thing. Um, no, no, wait a second. Do you say I can show up for one day and for ten dollars I can see the band? You can. Well, you can't go to the concert. Okay. We have as a separate in fee. the convention center every night. So. Uh, if you wanted to go to the concert, it, that's going to be another forty bucks to those concerts. Gotcha. So um, I'm hoping this wind isn't bothering you guys too much. It is a little windy here. Oh, you just um, go down below. <laughs> yeah. So the the other thing I wanted to mention, two big things, is there during Pendleton Bike Week this year we have, of course, the hill climb, the nitro. Hill climb. Oh yeah, that's going to be good. And then new this year is the AMA flat track racing. So we have an AMA sanctioned flat track race on Friday night, uh, the twenty first of July, and this is this is a big deal, and uh, it's worth being there because there hasn't been a flat track race on this uh, Roundup Stadium horse track is really what it is. In uh, since 1940, that's the last how, time they had flat track there. How long is the track? Is it a half mile track, a one mile track? You know, that's a good question. I it's closer to a half mile. Okay, but it's it, it's going to be a, a blast. And and in that, um, it's a pro amp, so they have a pro section, an amateur section, and then they've got a hooligan race where if Tom wants to get out there on a scooter and yeah. try and do the course. He can do it. You got to sign away your life. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I I have some watch. people that I kicked out of rally in the gorge that might want to go to that. Yeah. There you go, the hooligans. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be a lot of fun, and it, it, we're we're going to try this and see if it works. Uh, it's it's really uh, spurred a lot of interest in Pendleton Bike Week. So we're we're encouraged to see how this comes off, and we're going to do our best to make it a lot of fun. All right, I got a question for you now. So, um, food is always uh, kind of a catch as catch can at rallies. Uh, what would someone expect food wise available to them? As far as uh, food? Yeah, do you have food vendors on site? Do you have more than oh, yeah, one? Yeah. That kind of thing? Okay, so we at the convention center, we have the Hardtail Saloon, which is they have food and beverage, they have the walking taco, they've got the, uh, the uh, you know, big cheeseburgers, they have uh, a salad bar, taco salad also, and uh, quesadillas. So there's a variety of different kinds of food there, um, and drink, of course. And then we have shuttle buses, speaking of drinking. 
you know, drinking and motorcycling don't go together so well. So we have buses for everybody that goes to every hotel every 20 minutes. Nice. And to the hill climb. So we can get people around and we encourage people to have a good time, but not not to uh, drink and ride. All right. That's always a great tip. And, you know, that's nice, too, because sometimes you just get down there in a four-day event and you find those moments where you feel like, you know what, I just like to hop on an air-conditioned bus and take this to the next event. So it's that's a great service whether you're drinking or not. Yeah, yeah. We want everybody to make it home safe. So uh, it's all about making new friends, uh, learning about uh, new ideas, new things involving motorcycling. And uh, we're very excited about it. And uh, Pendleton is a great place for this all to happen. There's not every town in the United States that will let you do this. And they've been very gracious uh, hosts for us, and, and I think everybody will enjoy it. So everything is online at PendletonBikeWeek.com. you got the schedule right. and everything out there, like all the pricing and what's happening on what days. So Yeah, it all kicks off Wednesday the 19th. At noon, the vendor area opens in the Sheriff Kill Taylor ride. It's a kind of an honor ride for Sheriff Kill Taylor, and that happens at 3 p.m. You meet up at the convention center, and the ride starts at 3. And uh, it's it's a, basically a parade-style ride through town to uh, Kill Taylor. What time does registration open on, say, Thursday or Friday? Okay, every day it opens at 8.30 in the morning. Okay. So Wednesday, Thursday... Saturday is all open eight thirty, and we stay open until we can't stand it anymore. You know, like <laughs> eleven, twelve. I know that feeling. So we're we're usually there all the time. So, all right, sir. Well, thank you for coming on the show with us. And uh, anybody out there, end of uh, this is end of July that this is happening. If you don't have anything going on, you're going to want to go down to Pendleton and check out the Pendleton Bike Week. Yeah. Hey. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. We're really proud to have this this event grow and and uh, we appreciate you helping us get the word out yeah you're doing a good job you're doing great work eric for sure all right thank we're you gonna, we're gonna be right back with uh some tips and tricks. a couple tips and tricks there okay. we go support for sound writer and the sound writer show is made possible in part by Linwood Motoplex, your gateway to motorcycling adventure in the Pacific Northwest. Choose from brands like Indian, KTM, BMW, Kawasaki, Victory, Yamaha, Can-Am, and more. Family owned and operated for over 25 years. Linwood Motoplex is your one-stop shop for fun. This is Garden Robinette from Trail Tech, makers of Voyager. You're listening to The Sound Rider Show. All right. My name's Sean. I'm from uh, Bremerton. I got a KLR650 and a Goldwing. And my favorite ride is anything that involves dirt, uh, especially if I'm on the Goldwing. the sound rider show and uh we're talking the july the july episode excuse me there you know it's a great time for independence it's a great time for rallies and of course we want to thank uh eric folkstead for coming on and talking to us about the pendleton bike week what a great interview i mean uh down live from the columbia river gorge 
uh, Columbia River, uh, not just Bike Week, uh, not just Pendleton Bike you're, Week. You're confusing the Columbia. He, 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 he recorded the interview live off the Columbia River. There we go. Yeah, we'll put it together there. But thanks to Eric for coming on. Uh, that sounds like it's going to be a great event. I really can't believe how much they've accomplished in three years, too. So good for him. So we got some uh, tips and tricks. Who's going first? You? Yeah, Me? I can throw one out here. What do you got? Yeah, so uh, I was out just a couple of days ago, and I was just doing uh, kind of some exploratory riding here on Highway 2 in Washington, which is a great highway, right? I mean, it's uh, it's beautiful Until country. Until about 5 p.m. on Sunday, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, I got, and I got involved <laughs> in that a little that, bit. Huh? Yeah, the traffic a little bit on the return trip home. But, uh, you know, I was just out exploring some roads and stuff, and I had stopped to take uh, a couple of pictures and um, – that picture-taking uh, session kind of bled into a snack break session, and uh, I came to realize that my headlight was on the whole time. Now, usually not a big deal, but I have a very small battery on the DR350, and with a full battery, that thing has probably about 10 or 12 starts in it. So I had to uh, go ahead and give that thing a, uh, a jump start, all right? So I got to get it running. Yeah. I was kind of at the bottom of a little hill, though, so I had to get a little uphill action first and turn that into some downhill. So my tip this week is... To kind of make sure that you know your emergency procedures, right? So if you're going to go out and you're going to be touring on solo, whether it's can you jumpstart your bike if you've, you've got the strength to do it. Fortunately for me, I have the strength and I, and I ride a very light bike. But also things like can you repair your tire? Can you change your tire? Mm-hmm. Uh, what if your chain comes off? Like these are some things if you're going to be riding solo – don't just risk it to luck. You know, all the information's out there. You can find a lot of it on Sound Rider and some other resources. Go through your manual and just kind of do that emergency uh, procedures checklist and make sure you can take care of the basics so you don't find yourself stranded. I hear you. Yeah. Well, my tip's real easy this week. All right. Don't forget to turn your key off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not my tip. That is a good one, though. That's it's uh, true. You know, as you say that, I was thinking about something else. Um, when we were out doing the pre-ride, we got on a really gnarly road. Yeah. And we hit a point where, I mean, the, the, the poor bike just turned into like a mechanical bull. Right. And I didn't want to keep pushing it because I knew at that point I was going to start breaking stuff. Sure. I could have gone if I wanted to, but I thought, well, I don't want to go break the motorcycle, though. Um, so I had to turn it around. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because as soon as I stopped, I looked behind me and Norman stopped, too. <laughs> He'd had enough, too. Good. But uh, I had to turn around on a hill. So if you're if you're whether you ride a bike on the pavement or on dirt, yeah. do you really know how to turn your motorcycle around on a hill? Excellent a lot point. of people don't. Yep. And you need to learn how to do this. Uh, it's really critical. Uh, a lot of times you can't duck walk it. You have to get off the bike yep. and put the bike to your side and work it around back and forth, left, right, left, right, front, back. It'll front, wear back, you out. And, and kind of squeak your way on down and make that 180 that you need to make. So, uh, yeah, that got me thinking, you know. You got to know how to change your tire, and you got to know how to turn that bike around. You do, and you know, sometimes it's great maybe every uh, year or two just to go and find uh, kind of a a desolate campground and maybe a national forest. A lot of times you'll have little hills and that kind of stuff, and you can practice some of these things, you know? You can lay your bike down the side, pick it up. You know, you shouldn't do it by yourself, but if you've got a friend, you guys can kind of keep an eye on each other and also work about turning that bike around and uh, on hills and that kind of thing, and even... Just riding up hills, too, you know? Yeah, and if they have a nice straightaway at the campground, you can work on your quick stop, too. Absolutely, yeah. You want to find one that's got lots of little kids, though, so you can do it in real time. You, <laughs> you, don't, want, I mean, you don't want to practice in theory. You want to actually get out there and do it. 
has lots of little kids at the camera. Yeah, you say? so you can quick stop in front of them when they yeah. run out in front of you. And then you can sign autographs at the end, right? Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, that's what I always do. All right. So my tip is uh, I've, uh, lately this has been a reoccurring theme. I hear riders talking about uh, rats getting into their bikes and eating the wiring harnesses. Mm. Now, if this is a problem that you have had in the past, uh, of course you can lay some traps out. But um, one of the things that works is wrapping some dryer sheets around those areas where mm. they like to attack because rats don't like dryer sheets. Right. And uh, if you have any fruit trees on your property, you can wrap dryer sheets around the primary limbs to keep rats from getting up in your trees and eating your fruit. Hmm. You see how much stuff you can learn on the Soundwriter show? It's not just motorcycles. No. Well, I'm th- take it further. I'm thinking back to back, and I think uh, last month we were talking about some gardening tips too, right? Weren't we talking about sage or mint or parsley or something? But uh, I'm glad, you know, we got yeah. all that stuff going here. And I don't know if they like sage or mint or not. Right. <laughs> Stick a little uh, lavender into your uh, motorcycle. Yeah. Know. Well, you know, to do that with dryer sheets, that's a great tip. And it's also great if you ride in groups because then you get a fresh breeze to the guy behind you. Oh, right? you're so thoughtful. <laughs> well, hey, it's better than uh, riding behind the sweaty guy as your ride group leader, right? You know. Well, you always want to be the one leading the ride after you leave the Mexican restaurant. That's right? for sure. Yeah. All right. Hey, that's our show this uh, this month, and uh, we are going to be back here in July. Uh, imagine this. We're going to be talking a bit about the Rally in the Gorge when we come back in July. I see, well, we come back in August. We're going to be talking about it. Right? Oh, yeah. In August, yeah. this is the – we're doing the we're July We're on the July right episode, yeah. yeah. So when we come back in the August show, we'll talk about the Rally in the Gorge, and we'll have plenty more calendar items, plenty more news bites. And uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next month. We'll Once see. You, yeah. So <laughs> step on each other. We want you to ride yeah. safe. We want you to ride often. What's the other one? Yeah, uh, we want you to listen to the Sound Rider Show. I yeah, we want in you there. to listen yeah. to the Sound Rider Show. See you next month in August on the Sound Rider Show. The Sound Rider Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patience of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of Mixed Media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on The Sound Rider Show.